Are you ready to attract your dream clients? Welcome to the Aligned Businesswoman Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Ann Miller. This podcast is for female entrepreneurs looking for a simpler way to grow their business. Each week, I share simple, actionable steps you can use to build a profitable business that is aligned to your energy and without having to cold DM random strangers or hit up friends and family. I'm here to help you tap into your natural talents and find a joyful way of connecting on social media to confidently show up and grow your business. Hello there, my friend. Welcome to another episode of The Aligned Businesswoman. Today, I have a special guest, Pooja Agrawal. She is a certified burnout and stress management coach and board-certified neurologist. Pooja experienced burnout as a physician five years ago. She was overwhelmed, overworked, and tired. Through coaching, Pooja learned to change her mindset and become more self-aware to realize what her priorities were and to set boundaries. Pooja certified at the Life Coach School in 2021 as a life coach. In 2021, Pooja started Zenful Brain Coaching to help high-achieving female professionals with overcoming burnout to help them lead an empowered life with fulfillment, fun, and freedom. Pooja uses a neuroscience-based approach to help her clients. She also has her own podcast, Zenful Brain, where she discusses ways to optimize our brains to live a more mindful and empowered life. Welcome, Pooja, to the Aligned Business Woman podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you today about burnout. But before we get started, tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, so I am a certified life coach. I'm also a physician, so I'm an MD. So I'm actually, I'm a neurologist, so I'm a brain doctor. I started my business, Zenful Brain Coaching, last year in the midst of the pandemic when a lot of people were experiencing burnout, not only in the medical field, but also outside of that, people who were working remotely, there were no boundaries. And especially in um, high achieving working moms, there was a difficulty with balancing work, balancing virtual school or being at home. And there was a lot of difficulty for that. I noticed that. And so I decided to become a certified coach. Now, let me take you back to about five or six years ago when I myself was experiencing burnout as a physician. I had hired a coach. And a coach helped me with my mindset, with being able to prioritize myself and to really make that change. And so that then with that coaching, I noticed better mood, better sense of who I was, what my priorities were. And I was able to then take that, what I learned in coaching, and then utilize it and implement it in my own life. So then last year when I saw this need, I was like, well, a coach helped me so much. Why can't I be a coach? And with burnout, I've experienced it. I've been in their shoes. And that this is something that I can help other people with, especially with my background of being a physician and a neurologist, I can then use a neuroscience-based approach to help my clients with coaching. Yeah, I think that's great. Like, I love the neuroscience. I'm into all of that stuff. I'm not a doctor, but I find it very fascinating on how our brain does so much that we don't realize that it, it really does enforce our beliefs and our values, which control our behaviors. And so When you became a coach, what was the first way that you started to coach? And is it still the same way? Yeah, so I think our coaching tools and the way that we coach changes over time. Obviously, we change what time who we are. And so the tools that I I started using was implementing more mindfulness. So not only myself, but helping my clients with mindfulness, being more self-aware without judgment of yourself. And so, you know, mindfulness takes practice. 
you know, we normally have a lot of negative inner self-talk or we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of them are negative. And that's um, where our brains are really hardwired for that. And it takes practice and habit to change that, to become more mindful, to not judge yourself and to have more self-compassion sorry, self-compassion. And so when we are mindful, we are present in the moment or more self-aware and we're not judging ourselves. And that when you make that a practice over time, then that becomes a habit. Then that helps our brains and helps our mood. It helps us to become more calm. And so that that's one tool. And then um, journaling is also something that's very important for, for that I do with my clients because it helps us to really become more self-aware also of our thoughts. Yes, I love journaling and I've been doing it differently the past couple of years of allowing things to come up and then reframing it. And I'm like, now that is powerful because that's when you can see change. And so speaking of change, um, for people that have practiced or or attempted to practice mindfulness or any other type of any kind of positive habits, what would you say is the best way to create that change besides just being mindful and, and then journaling, but like for the brain, like how does the brain process change. So what happens in the, during that process? So when we are more mindful and the way you can implement that is actually through journaling, you could do something called a thought download where you are writing, you know, in the moment, if you're feeling upset, angry, you could write down, you know, why you're feeling this way or what feelings you have, putting a name to that feeling, and then kind of going through and journaling about what it is going on. So that way, when our brains see pen to paper, then we are much more self-aware of what's going on. And um, again, this takes practice. It's not something that happens overnight. So then when we are more mindful, we have new neural pathways that form in our brain. And so then over time, that judgment or that negative inner self-talk can change to become more positive. And then that over time helps us to with our mood. We are more calm. And actually, there have been studies that have been shown that mindfulness can help uh, regulate your emotions. And there is a part of the brain called the amygdala. It's our feeling center. And the um, studies have shown that with mindfulness, that part of the brain becomes, um, there's new neural pathways that form there that promote more calmness. And um, again, our mood improves with that. So talk to me about myelin. Myelin is going to, the more myelin you have, the stronger those neural pathways are. Is that correct? Correct. So the myelin is the covering around the nerves. And that helps transmit signals from uh, different parts of the brain to other parts of the brain and down to our body through our nerves. And so when we have myelin, then that helps transmit signals faster. When we lose that myelin in certain diseases, then those signals aren't transmitted as well. So myelin is something that we need in for our nerves to function, to transmit pathways. Like let's say from your brain down to your foot, if you want to move your foot or move your leg, you need to send an impulse from your brain and then it goes through the nerves down to the muscle. And then that's how you move your, your leg. So you need that myelin around the nerves to help transmit that signal fast. And so how does that work whenever you're creating like, like good habits and you're trying to be more positive? So really the, the myelin is there in normal, healthy people. So when you form new neural pathways, it's not just the myelin, it's new nerves that are forming. So the nerves, the myelin that form a new neural pathways, it's neuroplasticity. So it's basically where we are forming new pathways and, you know, our brains and neurons or our nerve cells are in our brain are changing frequently. And so then when we build up new neural pathways, we have new cells that form new nerves. And so then that, um, that changes over time. How instantly does something form? So I imagine like I create a good, like I, I do some kind of habit and like, it's like a better habit than before. And then I do it for three days and I don't see any change. Like does the process start immediately. And then obviously the continued 
like doing the things habitually kind of reinforces that? Or does it take a while for that, that little spark of change, like neural pathway to start? Yeah, it does. It takes time. It's not just you do it once and then maybe a couple times after that. It needs to be something that's a habit or a pattern. Mm-hmm. And then once it's a habit or a pattern, then the new neural pathways form. And, you know, it, it has been said it takes about one to two months to form a new habit. And so at that point, like you see the, those new neural pathways. I, I picture it like a seed, like, okay, I drop the seed in and I can let the seed die by not doing anything. Or I can continue this process and then that's where it's like, oh, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, which what I've heard, I'm not quite sure if this is correct, but like, that's when you have like more myelin on it. And then that's where it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like then it like speeds up the process, the messaging through the rest of the cells. And that's when you create a better habit. Is that correct? Um, I mean, it's kind of simplified, but that you could say that that's a simplified version of what it happens. Okay. It's like, so I, there's this one podcast I listen to and it's just so fascinating, but I'm not a doctor. So I don't know like the whole <laughs> neuroscience of it, but I'm like, I'm trying to like, you know, interpret it for how my brain can understand mm-hmm. like how change occurs because change can occur with your behaviors. But then also from what I teach, like change occurs with the identity that you, you know, you embody this new person and in combination, that's when you can start getting the results that you want. So What would you suggest, like if someone wanted to start, like what would be the first thing to do and how long would they do that for? I know you mentioned journaling. Is it journaling? And if so, how to journal? So journaling is one thing you can do. Um, You can start to journal daily and just do it for about 10 minutes. That's something that can really help. Again, once you make that a habit, that it helps with your feelings, with your mood over time. And again, it's not just something you do once or twice. It needs to be done daily and for a while, typically around one to two months. And then um, the next thing you could do is practice self-care. So taking care of yourself, exercising, eating healthy, all of that can, that can help. So those are some simple tools, but um, I really think everybody should have a coach. I think coaching really helps, gives you goals, accountability, and that's something that can really help change your life. Yeah. And do you think that like tracking that too, like as you're doing it, like I journal today, does that help reinforce the habit? Yeah, actually, I think putting it on your schedule, like journaling, check or putting it somewhere and saying they're going to do it is is very important. Having it listed somewhere and then being able to check it off because that gives you a reminder is important. Yeah, because I like I'm doing this thing right now where I'm like checking it off and just me checking it off makes me feel good because when I did it, but then I feel that accomplishment. So not only like before the past, it'd be like, okay, I'm gonna put it on my to do list and I would never do it, you know, so like that was okay. That was one step and then doing it and then like, checking checking it off like that to me like those three things really do make you feel so much better so is there anything else that you would like to talk about as far as brain science and creating change and life coaching yeah so i like i said i think everybody should have a coach i think coaching really helps provide accountability helps you reach your goals helps you to stop making excuses a lot of times we have dreams or things that we want to do in life but we make excuses like i can't do this because i have this going on or i just don't have enough time but really what, what are you doing with your time You know, are you doing things that aren't serving you, aren't serving your purpose? Um, I think a coach is very important. And I think, like I said, it can help you reach your goals and your dreams. And how would you suggest someone go about looking for a coach? Like, what should they be looking for in a coach? Well, first of all, what is it that you're looking for a coach for? Um, For me, with my clients, I coach uh, high-achieving working moms with burnout. So burnout being chronic workplace stress that's not managed well. So I help them to really realize what's causing the burnout. And it's it's not something that's just related to who that person is, it's work, you know, how much are their work obligations? What is the work demands? What is the workplace like? Is there a community? Is is it fair? 
And are there enough resources? And how is your boss treating you? So it's not just a one. I think oftentimes it's misinterpreted that burnout is really just because of the person, but it's it's not that. There are so many different things that can cause burnout. And so um, really, you know, looking at what is that you want in life and um, what you're what you're looking to improve. For some people, it's health. For some people, it's overcoming burnout. For other people, it may be you know, having accountability for certain goals. So it really depends what it is you're looking for. And then, you know, sometimes looking locally where you're at, or even, you know, with the internet right now, you can access so many coaches, finding somebody locally, or if it's, you know, for whatever it is you're looking for. And then um, sometimes there are certain directories. So I certified at the Life Coach School. So they have directories of all their coaches. And so that's a great resource. But again, the internet, Google, <laughs> you can find people on there. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I know that in there's so many coaches these days that people are very reluctant. They're like, how do, how do I find the right coach for me? Like, what do I, I know what I want, but like, how do I know that someone else is a good person for me and I, I can trust them and trust is a big thing right now, definitely in, in the industry. And so thank you for, for that. And if someone wanted to come hang out with you or they wanted to find you, where can they find you? So they can find me on my website. It's www.zenfulbrain.com. That's Z-E-N-F-U-L-B-R-A-I-N.com. Or you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at zenfulbrainofficial. Okay, well, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for joining me this week. To view the complete show notes and any links mentioned in today's episode, visit vanessaannmiller.com forward slash podcast. That's also where you can get free access to the Empowerment Activation Masterclass. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. Thank you again for joining me, Vanessa Ann Miller, in this episode of The Aligned Businesswoman.